Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about why you must celebrate success. The reasons for me talking about this will become clear as you listen to the episode and I admit that even I've forgotten to celebrate successes too but I've had numerous conversations, some of them I share in the episode about people that are forgetting to celebrate the success and I go through four or five of the key reasons why it's good for you and your team to be recognising the wins and the achievements and even the small ones to celebrate success and about why it's a really important part of your job as a leader or a manager or running a team. So listen in to today's episode and don't forget to tell me how you celebrate success. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, recently, I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to become more focused, less stressed and have a wider impact on both their personal well-being and that of their teams. And I recently received a review from Mike, who'd joined me for a presentation on a workshop, really, on managing stress and anxiety to improve performance. He said Emma's presentation immediately engaged the Zoom room and was welcoming and took me to a place of calm. It gave me exactly what I needed with easy to use tools and techniques. Combining this with Emma's comments and helpful advice allowed me to give myself a place to settle. Even though I know I should practice more self-compassion, it's easy to lapse into stress and ignore the symptoms and was a really useful short group session and much more than I was expecting from a short workshop. Get in touch if you want to know how I can help you or your organisation too. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalankton.com. The newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics, the latest reports and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly so you can guarantee that I won't be spamming you. And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. So welcome back, listeners. Today, I'm talking to you about why you must celebrate successes. And the reason for this episode will become clear because I'm celebrating a success too and it dawned on me that people often forget to do this. 
and even I forget to do this sometimes. I forget to celebrate some of the wins that I've had in my business or some of the achievements that I've made with the amount of podcast episodes or different things like that. So I'm talking to you today about why we must celebrate success and what are the benefits of doing that for your team, for your organisation, for your people. So when our kids are little, this is something that many of you will probably be able to relate to, even if you're an auntie or an uncle or a big brother, sister. When kids are little, we cheer at first words and first steps and get all sort of giddy, clappy hands, yay stuff. We even cheered when our new puppy responded and gave us paw for the first time. Well, actually, we cheered for more than just the first time. But, you know, um, so remember this as I go through the episodes when I think about the reasons why we need to celebrate. But when you think about what it does to kids or what it does when you're puppy training, if, if animals are your thing, then, you know, what does it do? It enhances the brain. It creates reward. It creates recognition. It gives lots of glee and success and helps them to feel like they want to do it again. Okay, so we move on from being small baby, doing first steps and um, clap hands and all sorts of things like that. We go to school and then we're reaching for these ever-increasing goals and we're aiming for passing grades, for passing exams. I can remember when my kids, they were doing all of the handwriting and it had to be absolutely just so stuff I didn't remember from being at school. No comments about the age, thank you very much. Um... (laughs) But they um, they were awarded a pen because their handwriting had got to such a standard that they were allowed to write with a pen. So there's all these successes that we learn as we go, go to school too. But it's always about reaching the bar. It's always about getting to a certain standard. And there's these ever-increasing goals for exam grades, etc., etc. However, what it says is, if you haven't passed that exam, if you haven't reached that grade, then it says, because of the way our language is, that we failed. And then the subconscious gives us a message that if we don't pass, we have failed. And what does we failed mean? It means then that we're not good enough and that we're rubbish. So it moves our mind from the result of the action the exam result or the state of handwriting so that to the task that we've done to how we feel about ourselves as individuals to how we view ourselves as people so when we're shifting from i'm not good enough to get a pen or i didn't reach the right amount of percentage to pass that exam i didn't know enough i didn't write enough it shifts to kind of the I'm not enough. So then it affects that confidence and self-esteem. That's all getting a bit techy. So keep listening because I'm going to get into the fun stuff. Um, the really practical, here's what you do stuff. I'm not going to dwell on what it does to our brain, but you get the gist. Okay. The same is true in the workplace. We can create that downward spiral of negativity and the kind of, well, what's the point attitude if no one is ever thanked or ever has the success recognised? Therefore, celebrating success in the workplace in our adult lives we, means that we boost confidence 
um, motivation, self-esteem, all of those things. So recognising the wins and the achievements, you know, like I said, about giving par or just doing the first steps. So recognising wins and achievements of even the small ones and setting aside the time to celebrate success is an important part of anybody's role as a leader or a manager of a team. When that success is celebrated, everybody gets reminded about their ability to reach that specific goal or just how close they were to achieving it or where the successes are. So then it empowers them to want to do more, to try more, to go for the next goal, to reach for the next stage. That motivation means that your team continue to strive to deliver good work because they want to. Not because they feel that they must or they should, but because they want to. Because they get a sense of achievement, they get a joy out of it. They celebrate the successes. And it increases all those feel-good chemicals and the success factor. Now, we often talk about like carrot and stick approach to motivation. And I don't need to explain how much effort it would take you as a manager if if it was ever allowed. Um, Please do not go and do this. Um, As a manager or a leader to keep beating a stick at somebody compared to how much effort it will take for you to dangle the carrot in front of them and have them do the work to reach the carrot. Think about it that way. And that same method works with celebrating successes. How hard or how much effort would you need to make to say, hey, well done, good job, thanks for that, thanks for staying late, or even, I brought a cake, here's lunch, a tin of biscuits. I sound a bit like a cheapskate now, but you can do this. Oh God, what are you going to think of me? It's just a cake or a tin of biscuits. Um... You can do more than this. You can do the Christmas party once we're allowed out or the other bigger things. But actually, sometimes the little ad hoc things are really, really effective at, you know, giving across the message that people are appreciated and that the success is there. So you can do the bigger things, but sometimes the small things can be good too. So you see what I mean by it doesn't have to take a lot of effort to dangle that carrot. So what else does it do apart from increase the feel-good chemicals and motivate people? Well, it creates connections and improved relationships. Now, we know about the Christmas parties, as I've mentioned, or even the lunches and the nights out. Obviously, we haven't had them for a ridiculous amount of time. But what it does do when they can happen in any shape or form is it deepens the relationship outside of those work boundaries. So it improves the sense of connection between the team members. And when you've got that sense of connection, you're then creating kind of peer support or supportive relationships, people that feel that they are, again, involved, included and connected. The celebration that I talked about at the beginning when I said we've been celebrating and it prompted my idea for this is we've been celebrating our youngest daughter's 18th birthday. I know, I don't look old enough, thank you. Or sound old enough, seeing as you never get to see me on the podcast. But since she came to live with us with her sister at the age of three, if this is your first podcast that you're listening to I Adopted My Girls, it's been a long, hard slog and I make 
no apology for saying that. But there's been good times, there's been fun times, there's been hilarious times, there's been really annoying times that actually we've looked back on and laughed like mad at. But there's also been times when I've said, I can't do this anymore. Obviously, I did keep doing it. That's a story about resilience. But there were times when we weren't seeing the successes. We were being dragged from meeting to meeting with social workers or teachers or therapists about issues, about problems, about things we had to do. We had to do more of this. We had to be more jolly. We had to be less sarcastic. We had to be, oh, all the things that we had to do. And it was like a constant feeling of never good enough. So we had to find our own successes. And often they looked very different to regular families, (laughs) whatever a regular family looks like, all right? The successes happened at different timeframes and we celebrated in different ways because our kids couldn't do the busy places or lots of people. I think they were prepared us for lockdown before we ever knew a lockdown was ever going to happen, really. However, I'm getting giddy about this now, you see, and that's even without cocktails. However, what we did was we went out for a meal um, and we did have cocktails and she loves eating out, you know, and she loves kind of just making the effort to going out. But also when you sat around that table, you're talking, you're connecting, you're sharing chat, you're sharing stories There's sometimes some new experiences, you know, you're saying hello to different people and all of that stuff. You can create elements of those things in the workplace with some of the um, sort of successful event type things too. You might need to get a bit creative given remote working, lockdown, all of that stuff and think about how you can celebrate your success. But that example tells you about where we get the connections And because our girls weren't, you know, weren't born to us, we needed to find ways to create connections. And through COVID, we've had to find ways to create connections. So you might not necessarily be able to go out and do uh, drinks and cocktails, but you can get creative. It might all still be remote. You might have lots of people who don't want to go to the office, you know, perhaps for a team meeting or the pub, but you can still do things. Ask other people for ideas if you need to. Delegate the celebration of success by asking your team even to nominate someone once a month or something like that. But don't let this different way of working and the COVID situation stop you from reflecting and seeing the successes. Because it enhances work values. Apparently, the number one reason that people are not happy is not about their pay. It's about how they feel valued. And when leaders and managers don't acknowledge a person's contribution or their effort or their progress or the help and support that they've given, then people get that why should I bother attitude and then they stop contributing, they stop doing the effort. So then you get disengagement, low performance, poor productivity, attrition, And how much does that cost the company or your department? So focus on the achievement bits. By celebrating successes, you're uplifting the positivity of the team. You're helping them to keep their eye on the things that go well, rather than the things that are not done or the things that didn't go well. Think about my story of the parenting. Instead, we focus on the achievement. You know, for us, we were like, well, they're still alive. Haven't put them under the patio. 
you know, those sorts of things. But it is an achievement. Phew, we got them into bed. That's it, done. That's another day. In this fast-paced world that we have, often things get started and never finished. Or they get overtaken by, you know, more important events or different events. And one of the biggest things that I hear is that people don't get that sense of achievement anymore in their work. So focus on the achievements to improve culture and to improve the job satisfaction of the people who work with you. What it also does is it inspires others. How many times have you listened to someone's story, read an autobiography, watched a documentary even about somebody or even gone to like an award ceremony? But getting to know how others created and achieved their successes is inspiring to others. So you can do that too within your team and your organisation. You know, and it might be, as I've just said earlier, about getting other people to nominate somebody and say, you know, I nominate this person because they did this. Let's celebrate that they did. Right. I did a resilience workshop last month and there was somebody there when I talked about celebrating successes and they were quite negative about how their entire business had been running through COVID. And I nodded and I listened and I empathised and then I went, can I just check? Do you still have a business? Yes, they do. Do you still employ people? Yes. Did you have to make redundancies? No. Oh, said I, in my coachingy, therapeutic, possibly slightly parenting way. Maybe you want to look at that success again. And I just left it there for that point in time. Quite coachy. Um, so, but she wrote to me afterwards and said she was going to celebrate successes more with the team because what she was focusing on was the negatives and the hard bit and the keeping going. When in fact... I'm not here to create comparisons, but there were places that made redundancies, there were businesses that folded, etc. Can you see? So celebrate the successes. Because when you celebrate the success, what you're going to be doing then is you're going to create motivation in them. People are going to feel valued. You're going to enhance connections, as I've said. You're going to focus on the positive aspects of things and the achievements that have been made and you might also inspire others. So when you make each success special, it shows that you care. It helps people to feel valued and that impacts the team motivation levels and obviously has a lasting effect on performance too. So I hope that's been really helpful. I'd love a quick email to let me know how you're going to celebrate the successes. And then until next time. <laughs>